was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hi, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How so, are hey, you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. I'm doing good. Um, a couple of weeks ago, this is it's, mm-hmm. now it's been a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. in preparation for our 35th anniversary year, mm-hmm. we took a minute and we kind of shared the story of the founding of the games, just kind of setting the foundation so that we could talk about some of our plans Mm -hmm. for the upcoming 35th anniversary year. Mm -hmm. And really we shared, uh, you know, what was at that time, at least a part of John Morgan's story. Mm -hmm. And since then, and and even since the last time that you and I have done the show, we lost John. He did. He passed away. Uh, What, what an amazing individual, an amazing man. Uh, he was 98 years old. Yeah. He lived a very full life. And not only was his life full, but it impactful. Very. He touched so many people in so many ways. And the games is one of those ways, certainly, but it's not the only way. He right. was just involved in so many great things. Uh, if you follow us on social media by now, you may have already heard mm-hmm. uh, that he did pass and the funeral just happened on Monday. Yeah. And um, I had an opportunity to go up to the funeral and to be there with his family and friends and loved ones. And um, it was just such a great experience to commemorate and to remember and really to celebrate. And and his daughters really focused on that aspect of it, you know, uh, the celebration and then, you know, the, the wonderful life that he lived and it it was celebratory at the same time. I'm going to miss him personally. (laughs) I I know that you had a great relationship with him as well. Um, I I just, I just want to share maybe one or two memories and there are going to be other ways that we'll continue to commemorate John's life throughout the duration of this year, our anniversary year, but also just throughout the games. Mm -hmm. He was so such an important part yeah. of the games. But I gotta I gotta say one of my favorite memories of John is when I just first started with the games. You know, I was I was young and I had uh, just come from another sporting event. And so, you know, I had some ideas and a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. And John, even then at at, at that time, you know, the difference between our ages was pretty significant, right. you know. Um, but I just, he was, he just, he just was so amazing. He, he had um, an energy about him that was just almost unbounded. Mm -hmm. And I just always felt, I just always felt in his presence, like not only did he welcome me with open arms, Mm -hmm. which he did, but I just always felt like he believed in me. (laughs) And I shared this at his, at his funeral, but not only did he make me feel like he believed in me, which is such a gift. Not everybody has that ability to just make people feel good about themselves. John had that as a gift, Um, but he also made me want to be the kind of person that he believed in. You know, he made me want to be a better person and, and not just a better administrator of this event that he had started. Although he definitely, you know, believed in, in, in me there and he believed in the games as well. He just wanted, he made me want to be just a better person (laughs) to be kinder to people, to be nicer, to be more patient, to, lift them up to build them up and that was the kind of person that he was he did all those things and as i looked at him and saw his example it just made me feel like that's that's who i want to be you know exactly and i fall short oftentimes (laughs) uh, in that endeavor but to have him as an example and someone that you could look to and look up to was something that will i will always carry with me i think 
like, like I said, you had a good relationship I with did. John. You knew him I for did. years and served on the board with him. And then, of course, as you moved over to work on the staff, you could, you know, continue to have interaction yeah. with him. Any memories of John that stand out to you? You know, I, I was over the country western dinner dance. Yeah. And um, there was one time that John heard that and he came to me and he said, Lil, I want to come out there and dance with you. I said, you know what, John, I want you to. So he never did make it, but I do remember he wanted to, I, he was what, 96 then. So yeah. he was um, pretty old then too, but he always treated me like, just like you said, that yeah. I was something special to him. Well, he definitely made everyone feel, but Lil, you're did. something, you're someone special to everyone. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're amazing. But to John, that's, that's really cool. I, yeah. I think you need to tell that story about him walking to work. Yeah. That was one of the things that came up in, uh, in, at his funeral that was just so indicative of him and his life. Yeah. But he worked up until the very end. Mm-hmm. And even in his mid to late nineties, he had an apartment that he lived in, in downtown Salt Lake and his office building was about two blocks mm-hmm. away. And so he would just walk to work and, uh, Every day he would get up and go downstairs and then just walk the two blocks over to where his office was. And the story that was shared at his funeral is all the homeless people who you know live, lived in those two blocks, mm-hmm. they got to know John. And just like the rest of us, they grew to love him. Yeah. And so as he would walk to work, just you have to imagine this 96, 97 <laughs> year old man who's walking to work. The, the homeless people would actually accompany him yes. and protect him and yes. make sure that he made it there on time. And then the same thing on the way home. And that was just John, you know, he was just an amazing, amazing individual. I do want to share this really quickly. And then I want to get to our guests who okay. were very excited yes. to visit with today, but um, his daughter shared one of his favorite poems mm-hmm. at the funeral. And it just was so indicative and just personified John Morgan. I wanted to share that it's called, it couldn't be done by Edgar Albert guest. And it goes like this. Somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so until he tried. Mm -hmm. So he buckled right in with a trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hit it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done. And he did it. Mm -hmm. And that was John. John. And then the last stanza I want to share the third stanza, because this is the way that John treated others as well. There are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands to prophesy failure. There are thousands to point out to you one by one, the dangers that wait to assail you, but just buckle in with a bit of a grin, just take off your coat and go to it. Just start in to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done and you'll do it. And that's the way that John treated everybody. He just, he loved people and he believed in people and he made you feel like you could do it. So like I said, we're going to continue to commemorate and remember John throughout this year and throughout the duration of the games. I'm certain of that. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have any memories of John, and I know not everybody had the opportunity to interact with him like we did, but if you had any memories of John, we'd love to hear that. Yeah. uh, Hear those stories. So if you would email us at hello at seniorgames.net, sharing your stories of John Morgan, maybe we'll share those on the air. We'll definitely try to share them on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Today's guest, yes. again, we're super excited to visit with uh, with Glenn Irian. He grew up in the suburbs of 
Philadelphia. Uh, he was young for his grade and a late boomer. So he says he just assumed that everyone persevered in sports in spite of not being particularly good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He played soccer and wrestled. Uh, Glenn, I actually wrestled in high school as well. So I have a little bit of a connection with you there. Um, but then after that, uh, he was inspired by the pole vault competition at the 1968 Olympics and decided he wanted to give it a try in junior high after a few failed attempts. And I will also say that I tried the pole vault in, in my life as well and had a number of failed attempts, but they sent him over to the high jump pit. And that's really where he excelled. He recalls being competitive at this level. Uh, but at the end of his junior high year, he shot up in height and really became one of the better high jumpers in the greater Philadelphia area, earning a partial scholarship to Temple University. Oh. And Glenn participated as continued to participate in track and field on and off throughout most of his life. And just this last year set a new games record yeah. in the triple jump at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Glenn, welcome, welcome. to the show. Well, thank you. We're excited to visit with you and uh, kind of get a few of the details of some of these uh, accomplishments that you've had. Now, I do I do want to start off with this. You you competed as a youth and even up through your college years and, and you know, stayed active and continue to compete. But you did have an injury that some said was going to be career ending. Tell us just a little bit about that injury and how that felt uh. to not be able to compete anymore. <laughs> Well, I had gone several years without competing. I, I did uh, some other things, but uh, I saw that we were going to have the Alabama Senior Games right there in Mobile where I was working and right there at the track on our campus. I thought, well, I should be able to do this. So I went out there and practiced and yeah, my knee was getting a little sore, but hey, you know, I'll take another jump. And then I took off and I heard the sound. Ever hear the sound with a large branch breaks off a tree. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. Oh. Uh, that was my patellar tendon rupturing. So, uh, yeah, to find my wife, um, and it took me over to the hospital and I had the, uh, surgery that evening. And the guy said, uh, yeah, I would never jump again. And as it turns out that, uh, a few years later, my son was in high school, the coach, knew about me uh, i guess my son told him about me so i started help out coaching the high jumpers and then of course i had to demonstrate things like well i guess i could still do this and i realized that i was jumping as high in practice as people were in these meets so i just started going to the meets i i uh i can only imagine how your student athletes must have thought you were the coolest because you're jumping higher than they are. I'm sure they look at you as this old dude out there doing your thing. And here you wow. are out jumping them in practice. Well, no, I was out jumping the people my age, not them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was out jumping most, I was out jumping the girls there, but yeah. <laughs> not the boys. No, but that's still, great. that's great. It I took me that. really a, until just five years ago to really be competitive at the national level because uh, admittedly I was out of shape, uh, had to uh, get my technique back and things like that too. So I've actually done better this year than I have, uh, you know, when I initially started, uh, um, I think going back to like seven years ago, I did better this year than I did seven years ago. Wow. That's awesome. So, uh, this past year, I put in a lot more work. 
Uh, I've been winding down. I'm actually uh, retiring um, Monday, next Monday, Monday, my last day of work. So I have more time to devote and go to more meets and, you know, schedule them out and prepare for each one. So it makes things a lot easier. Absolutely. Let me say congratulations on your retirement. That's such a landmark and such an exciting time. And let me also just say to the rest of the world, watch out. Yeah. (laughs) You've been been able to have such an incredible amount of success in the masters and the seniors uh, age division track and field that now that you're able to really focus in on it, I'm excited to see how far we can go. Uh, First indoor meet is going to be this coming Sunday. I have a, I also have a son who lives near Birmingham. So we'll be going down and visit him. So we'll be able to do that as well. That's awesome. That is awesome. I love it. So you've, you've competed in, in, even in the highest of levels uh, in track and field throughout your career. I'm wondering in, in this time frame that you've been a competitor and an athlete, if you have maybe a favorite meet that stood out to you, even if it's from your younger days, just anything that stood out is like, that's the one that kind of, that's the one I think of. Well, the biggest one was the first indoor meet of 1976. I won it. You I won beat it. Dwight Stones. I beat, I think they said eight of the top 10 ranked jumpers in the world in to the win that jump. meet. Seven, two. And of course, the, you know, the real story is that that was the first indoor meet of an Olympic year. People aren't trying to peak at that time, except for me. <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting. I was at a coaching clinic probably at like seven, eight years ago. I got certified as a level one track coach. And the guy says, Nobody cares who wins the first track meet. And I put my hand up and said, I did. I care. <laughs> and by the end of that season, I was so injured I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even win my own conference meet. Good. I lost a jump off. So um yeah, I got pretty beat up. It was important lesson that I wish I had known then and my coach had known then is uh, just because you're doing well, if you try to do things harder, you're going to get injured if you're not smart about it. Right. So and that's what it was. My coach just wanted me to jump more and more, get better and better. You beat these people, you can do even more. You can be an Olympian, all this stuff. Maybe I could have, but at that point, I was so injured. I had a pulled hamstring, I had a bruised heel. It was just terrible. And um, I couldn't make 6'10 in our conference meet uh, to win the conference meet. So, and then I had to take a th- another jump at 6'10, fourth jump at 6'10, the jump off. It's like, I can't take another jump. Yeah. So that, that's how banged up I was. So, le- lessons learned for sure. And you know, we don't want to discount any of those life lessons. Those right. are important. But I, I do want to go back to you're you're beating the world record holder. You're beating, you know, the the top jumpers in the world at that time. And yeah, I mean, timing in the beginning of the season, all, all those things are relevant. I'm not saying that they're irrelevant. But you're st- you're still beating them, <laughs> Glenn. You're still beating. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it was, and uh, I mean, I saw some of the mementos. I have a, this clock and this pewter mug and some other memorabilia from that. I even had the last paragraph in the story in Sports Illustrated. Oh, 
So I was going to so ask I got to mention Sports Illustrated. Uh, a guy named Ripley, believe it or not, his name is Ripley. That's <laughs> in the title. Wrote the world record in the pole ball. And that's in that meet. So the article was mainly about him. They talked about some people and one person who, who did think he overachieved yada, 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 and mentioned my name there at the last paragraph. (laughs) I got to ask you, like, how does that feel? Like what, what goes on in your heart and in your mind when you open up sports illustrated and (laughs) there you are in a story. Yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting. Um, it's pretty exciting. Um, the real exciting thing about that meet too, was I, as it turned out, I was the last one in order and a bunch of us made seven feet with no messes. So it was at seven, two and everybody else had messed three times. And I had the last jump and right, right over. And the meet, it was over. It was a walk off. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. What a great feeling. And I, yeah. you're, you're just Glenn, you're kind of just throwing these heights out there. Like they're nothing. I, w- when you say seven, two, I just want to emphasize we're talking about seven feet, two inches, right? Right. Yeah. So a little more than a foot over my head. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I say I'm six foot tall. I'm probably five eleven, but I say I'm six foot tall. I'm, I'm not, I'm astounded. I'm astounded that the human body can do that. And Glenn, that's amazing that you were uh, able to, my husband is six, six. So there you go. So it's, it's over his head, right? Oh my goodness. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, again, that's a different time and a, you know, different training and a lot of things were going on at that time. I'm curious roughly what's your height now when you're jumping now, where are you at? Uh, I've been making around five, three, which is uh, so I've, I've had multiple attempts right. at the at the uh, American record um, this past season. Three meets, I tried it and missed. And it was uh, like, uh, 166, which is about five five and change. That's amazing. So um, that's, 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 that's one of the reasons I went to the Huntsman Games was yeah. to give that a shot. And as it turns out, Mother Nature was not cooperating in that endeavor. I know. We remember that day. That yes, was we that do. was a tough one. We had a lot of rain that day, and that is not that is not traditional. No. We we live in a desert and we're grateful for the rain that we get, but we just like it outside of October. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're sorry that that happened to you yes. on that day. I know <laughs> the next day was a little bit warmer and a little bit better, but your event was uh, already played out by that time. But um I do want to talk a little bit about your experience at the Huntsman. World Senior Games. This year was actually your first year coming to the games. Am I right? That's correct. Um, after I had, well, go back to the uh, USA Track and Field Nationals. I did. Ha- I won that. I had the opportunity to go for the national record. Didn't make it. And then, for whatever reason, they scheduled a triple jump almost right after. So we had this awkward, like one hour between the end of the high jump beginning of the triple jump and i i knew i had to do my best to win that one but i knew i didn't have to do so much against second so it took two jumps that you know i can't do anymore so my triple jump mark was not very good but but uh, i did go to another meet before the huntsman game so i talked to my wife about it said okay there are a couple more meets i can go to and there's the ohio senior games and then there's the huntsman so i went there and i improved my triple jump a good bit and then uh, 
three misses at the at the high jump record again. Oh well. And then uh, with the Husband game, it got a pretty good triple jump. It's that much short of the American record, ten inches. Oh wow! Short of the American record, so which is amazing. Yeah, but you did you did go home with the gold medal from the Huntsman World Senior Games in both of those. Areas. I did. Yes. I won that. And then after I had a one, they said, you want to put, where do you want to put the bar up? I said, eh, no, thank you. <laughs> we'll let the next group jump. High enough. Yeah. That's high enough. I had no desire to jump again in that weather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the weather was not cooperative that day. Again, our apologies I for know, that. Gosh. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, you. You came and you competed for the first time at the games and you know, it sounds like you had a lot of success there as an athlete, but you also kind of took advantage of some of the surrounding areas as well, didn't you? Didn't you go visit some of the parks and we, things? We did. Um, unfortunately, probably not enough because I had to go back to work. Yeah. So after the after I competed, we flew back. Uh, so we only got to do a few things before that. Um, so we do plan on coming back so we can do more after the games. Yeah. Well, we definitely- no, I don't want to go hiking 10 miles and things like that right before competing. Right. So, and you know, like hiking through the water and all that stuff in Zion read about. So we like to do more and we didn't get a chance to go to Bryce Canyon oh. and, um, and a few other things. Well, we would love to invite you back, number yes, one, and, sure. and you know, wish you the the the, the success that you're looking for. Um, I, I I don't want to give you a hundred percent guarantee because <laughs> that's going to get me in trouble. But I think I think we can work on the weather for you a little bit. I think we can get you a better day than the one that you had at least. And I can say that because that day was such an anomaly. Very. I'm not saying we never get rain, but I I am saying that we never have rain that starts in the morning and by the nighttime it's still raining. <laughs> Right. And we did deal with that just a little bit. Well, the rain was one thing. The 43 degrees was yeah. another. And we were first thing in the morning, too. So for whatever reason, our age group happened to be first one up. Yeah, oh. too cold and too rainy. It's like, do I want to get out of the car? <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to invite you back, but we also want to make sure that you're able to take advantage of some of the beautiful surroundings. Right. The, the Like you mentioned, the Zion National Park, and there's so much to do there. And Bryce Canyon oh. is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. And it's beautiful. And beautiful. Just oh. an incredible, amazing uh, venue and, and location to be, but, uh, but Glenn, we went that, to the grand, yeah, we went to the grand Canyon, but only to the West. So, you know, with the big glass, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like part of things sticking out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got to walk around that with our little booties on and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, want to scuff the glass or whatever. Right. right. So we, we got to do that, but, uh, if we have more time then we can go to the, I'm not saying that's a bad venue, but right. I understand it's a lot more on the other side of the canyon. That, yeah. uh, well, I haven't been to that. My wife's been there twice. Okay. I haven't been there. So, well, come on back. We'd love to have you come back and take advantage yeah. not only of the competition, but the surrounding area as well. We've got about 30 seconds. Um, last, last words of advice. What, what do you share with people as they're thinking about getting into seniors or master sports? Have a plan, get coaching. Um, don't try to do too much. Um, don't think that you're going to hit your peak the first year because you're going to end up injured. If you get injured, then you're probably not going to want to keep doing. So uh, start little, go to local meets, um, get your feet wet, but uh, be patient and um, 
have a training plan and stick to it because it's very tempting to try to do too much. Absolutely. Great, great advice. Yes, I, I think that you just... And I am a, saying this as a licensed physical therapist as well. I'm oh. a physical therapy professor for, mm-hmm. a few more days. for a few more days. <laughs> a few more days. <laughs> so you definitely see it from both sides of the right. equation. Well, Glenn, thank you for joining us. Thanks for sharing your experience yes. and your your expertise. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here sometime yeah. in uh, in October at the Games. Yes. Enjoy Enjoy your retirement. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, well, that's great fun. stuff. That's fun. I like that he's a physical therapist yeah. as well. So he, he definitely knows both sides of it. That's Co- right. A couple of things just to wrap us up here. I want I want to remind everybody that on January 1st of 2022, we did open our team registration. And mm-hmm. so far, we have 538 wow. total teams across all of our team sports that have already registered. Some of our age divisions are closed. Others are open. If you run into a closed age division, get yourself on the waiting list. Right. There's no guarantee but we want to get as many teams as we can mm-hmm. into the tournament and we can't get you in if you're not on that waiting list. Right. A reminder that on March 1st of 2022, registration for the individual athletes is going to open. And then just a reminder as well that the dates of the 2022 games are set for October 3rd through the 15th. So put mm-hmm. that on your calendar. And then all of this information as well as other things, tons of great information about active aging and uh, the games and schedules and rules is all available at seniorgames.net. Mm-hmm. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can also subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're found. Mm-hmm. Just pick your favorite app. If you're listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating, write a quick review. You can do that on your iPhone by just scrolling down to the bottom of your Apple podcast app and shooting us a few stars. And then you can find this as well as previous shows once again on our website at seniorgames.net. Today's inspirational thought. Okay. This is one of my favorite ones. It comes from my good friend, John Bon Jovi. Oh. And he says, you can't win until you're not afraid to lose. Mm. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.